Brecken Miller has engineered the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Touchdown, Tech! There's the snap. Ball down. Shane swings the leg through. This kick is in the air. It is gone! It is gone! Shane Graham wins it for Virginia Tech. Michael Vick makes a miracle happen in Morgantown. Angela Hall took it right out of his hands. He said, give it to me, Roscoe. Give it to me. Welcome to Memory Lane, a Sons of Saturday podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about some of the best wins since the year 2000 for the Virginia Tech Hokies. This is the post-Michael Vick era, as it were. And you can see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, I got a few guys here with me. My co-host, Sam Jesse, is here. Sam, welcome. But we also got some guys that are going to help us sort through all these games that we're trying to figure out to fill this bracket. I got Clark Ruland. And Clark, this was kind of your idea. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is gonna be a little bit of fun. Yeah, it will be. And of course, um, this is our last guest, and he's the only other gentleman who has hosted this podcast besides me, Sam, and Robbie. And that is Devin. Devin, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me back. I have a much improved mic this time, so hopefully, sound <laughs> quality goes a lot better. You sound great. You sound great. This started kind of with the tweet we put out last week. What's the best regular season win for the Hokies since the Michael Vick era? And we decided, let's make a bracket. Let's expand it to all the wins. And I think we, the 20 years, the 21 years uh, since since 2000, I guess it's about 23 seasons, that was to not to alienate some of the younger listeners that might be listening to this podcast. If you go into the 90s, some people can't remember all those things so well. And it's also just like a clean break because we had our most success with Michael Vick it seems only right that if we're going to judge best wins, maybe we should start after the GOAT. And so we are going to start from the year 2001 on, and I'm excited about this. We're going to make a 32-game bracket. So we're going to take the 32 best wins as we will decide tonight because we got some bubble games that we're going to, going to play around with and talk about. Then we're going to do another episode setting the field, but like setting the seeds and all that kind of thing. But tonight... It's all about the bubble. It's all about the one seeds. And that's what we're going to get to in a minute. We have compiled a list of 44 big wins for the Hokies since the year 2000. And we need to get to 32, a nice round number for the bracket, which we will play out on X like Clark has done in the past with his helmet brackets where people can vote on the two choices. And we're going to, the goal is to have this done, all the seeds picked and set in March. So we can do a March Madness style bracket with the best wins since the year 2000 for the Hokies. And when I say best, that's in quotes because that term is subjective. It can mean different things to different people. It can mean most satisfying. And that's actually the way I termed it when I first put out the poll, most satisfying win. It can be the most meaningful win, most impactful, most important, etc. Different definitions for different people. And that's what's going to make this fun. The opponent their historical significance, how good they were that year, location of the game will factor in, the weather. I know that factors into a bunch of our games on these lists. Game style, how the game ended, the fourth quarter, overtime, all that stuff is going to play into all all of our opinions on which of these wins were the quote-unquote best. And so 
we're going to get this debate started with the bubble games. And what we need to do is we need to pick four of these 16 games. I'm going to add them to the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And once we pick these four, that will set our 32 because we have 28 automatic qualifiers. Now we're going to, I'll show you what those automatic qualifiers are later. So while you're looking at this bubble and we talk about these bubble games and you're like, Hey, what about this game? What about this game? If you're thinking of a game, it's probably in the it's top 28. Yeah. It's probably in there because me and Clark went through this with a fine tooth comb to find the best games we could later in the show. We're going to be picking the one seeds from a short list of contenders. But for now we are talking specifically about the games that are on the bubble. And there are 16 of them. As I've said, the first one was LSU in 2002. And the most recent bubble game was Tulane in 2023 when we won our military bowl to give us a winning season. And I, what I want to do is go around the room here and ask each one of you to talk about a game that jumps out to you. And Sam, let's, let's start with your, your pick here. Yeah. So I'll start off with my criteria for this. I had three sets of criteria that I gave score one to five, and that just kind of helped me compartmentalize all of this. So I had how good was the opponent or how important was the opponent? How big was the moment of the game? Was it national TV? Did we need the win? Was it a bowl game? And then the quality of play, like how well did Tech play in the game? Because there's some of the games on this list where both teams just kind of played like crap and somebody had to win the game. So, you know, I wanted Tech to to have played well in the game and like really earn the win. So putting all that together, score one through five, and the number one game for me was the Clemson game of 2006. It was a Thursday night game on ESPN. Remember, this is pre-Thursday night NFL. So it was the only show in town, prime time, top 10 Clemson, CJ Spiller come to Blacksburg and Tech dominates them. Brandon Orr runs for like 230 something yards. Tech wins 24 to seven, dominant performance. And it was one of those games that really turned the season around. Tech had lost two games earlier in that year to Boston College and Georgia Tech. Didn't really have a big win other than that to start the year. So getting that win against Clemson on national TV, that really propelled this team. And, you know, I think it was, Looking back, it's really nice to see Tech beating that Clemson jersey. This was before Dabo Sweeney comes in, so it's a little bit of revisionist history. But uh, for, for me, big-time top-10 opponent, prime-time Thursday night game, and you played really, really well against a quality team. For me, out of all the games on this list, that's that's the winner. Clark, Clemson do you want to expand on that? In that game. Or Clemson was favored in that game. So it was one oh, of the yeah. few times oh, yeah. that – that Tech was the underdog on a Thursday night at home. I mean, that's unheard of. But uh, I looked at these criteria, and, and so Sam had his his criteria. Mine was just very simple. Was this the biggest win of the season? Was this game the one you circled? And Clemson 2006 fit that criteria. Um, they beat Miami in the Orange Bowl in their last game at the Orange Bowl Stadium. Uh, they beat Wake Forest, who eventually won the ACC championship that year in Winston-Salem. But Clemson was ranked number 10. You know, they had the two-headed monster of C.J. Spiller and James Davis. I mean, they, they, were, the, they were the good team of the, of the league that year. And, uh, and so Tech did a great job of stopping both those guys. They only had 71 yards rushing. Meanwhile, Brandon Orr just absolutely went off, especially in the third quarter. He had two touchdowns. I mean, they embarrassed Clemson, and Clemson was no slouch that year. They lost some other games by very close numbers, but, I mean, this was 
this was the Thursday night game of the season. It was everybody had this game circled and and tech took care of business. It was really a really good win. Yeah, and this I was... also had a I also had this game in my uh in my top four. And kind of to your point, Sam, um, if for those who v- was watching Virginia Tech that year and remembered like the O two and O three seasons where the middle of the season, Virginia Tech lost one, two, maybe three games in a row. And then the season just fell off the rails. And 2006, this, it was kind of feeling like that. We lost those two games. I think there was like a middle game in between there against some low-ranked team that, you know, we were going to be regardless. And so it was kind of people were asking, like, is this going to happen again? Is the season just going to fall off the rails? And Brandon Orr, you know, in 200 and some odd yards later said, nah, I got y'all, dog. <laughs> And this was back when Clemsoning was still a thing. And so even though we were unranked and they were coming in as a top 10 team, that was always like putting your head in the lion's mouth coming into lane at that time. And, and they sure did. And we, we were responsible for their Clemsoning <laughs> that season. That was the best rushing duo in the ACC. I think someone might've mentioned CJ Spiller and James Davis, but yeah. they had like, if you went to ESPN, you could still find it out there. It's a feature on those two guys, like leading up to the game. ESPN used to do a lot yeah. more of that, and it was a focus on those two gentlemen. And they ran for what, Clark? Seventy-one yards combined. Combined, yeah. And Brandon Orr ended up passing them during the game for the lead in the ACC rushing <laughs> standings. I mean, it's it's crazy. This was the best the best team, in my opinion, that never won a conference championship. That two thousand six team was just outstanding. I mean, they ended up beating the conference champion Wake Forest on their own field. I mean, it was just, it was the hard part about this is that this was the last time that Tech beat Clemson at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last three times that Clemson has come to Blacksburg, they walked away with the W. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the, the memory of this game has faded a little bit. I mean, it's, it's been 18 years since that game, but man, at the time that was, that was a big time game. It, for sure. it, it definitely was. And I guess I'm going to go to Devin next, though, because I, Devin, why don't you take a look at the list? And we got UVA 2021, JC's game. We got NC State 2010, the comeback, UVA 2005 when when VT was painted on the field, the Texas A&M game in 02 down in College Station. What what are what's a game from this bubble list that stands out to you? Uh, so. uh Sam and, and Clark gave their kind of their reasoning. My reasoning is kind of a lot of the same with one caveat of, and Clark's also been in the same shoes I have where we've been to so many of these games. My opinion was definitely swung by just a straight up, how much did I have fun and how much fun did I have? <laughs> so that like, I tried to be, I tried to remove that as much as I, as much as I could. There's a few instances where I was just like, no, I refuse. This game has to be in the bracket. I don't care what anybody else is going to vote for. Um, only because it's it's a great story when it comes to football families. Uh, NC State 2010. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a way. It's one of the it's a, a game I did not go to because I had a fall wedding that I had to attend. <laughs> and um, it's on the, the wedding was hosted. Beautiful uh, landscape. It was on a farm off of um, Catawba Road going you know going towards roanoke um what was the and... meal <laughs> just, <laughs> not really just, this is 14 years ago just man. busting your balls <laughs> no i mean like i know it's like you're joking but i'm like trying to remember it's probably there if i really think about it but like so we're there and i can't remember what time the game was at i think it was an afternoon or i think it was like a three or three thirty game because yeah. all right all right cool so it makes sure for the story so the entire wedding party and all the guests are inside the house watching the first half of the game. All right, we're we're down and whatever. We get to halftime, and and I want to add, 
this includes the bride. The bride is inside watching the game with us. Halftime shows, halftime starts. As soon as halftime begins, the, her stepmother runs into the house and just yells at us. All right, everyone outside now, we're doing this. We run out. I mean, like shotgun wedding, like boom, boom, boom. Where's the rings? I now pronounce you made it, wife. Kiss the bride. All right, back inside. We made it in time for the second half kickoff. Bride is still in her dress, and we're watching We're watching Virginia Tech about this big comeback. If I remember correctly, the very first play of the second half was David Wilson's kickoff return for a touchdown. It was, yep. So we made yep. it back in time, and we continued to watch the rest of the game in all of our wedding outfits. So that game just, again, it, it's not in my top four, unfortunately, but just I always love telling people that story of just how insane we are when it comes to football at Virginia Tech. I think that this game might be in my top four of these bubble games, the NC State game, because it was a 17-point comeback, because of the iconic kick return, because we beat Russell Wilson. And in that season, 2010, you guys remember how that started. It was a very depressing start to the season. We lost to Boise and JMU in dramatic fashion. And a loss in Raleigh might have tanked this season. And it looked like we were on our way to that loss. And so to get a victory on the road against Russell Wilson, against a ranked team, and preserve the perfect record in the ACC, which we finished with at 9-0, and something that very few ACC teams have been able to accomplish is a, a perfect 9-0 and season with the title. I think that this, this game very well may be in my top four, but I want to reserve judgment till we get to all the arguments. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's, in my, it's in my top four, okay. I think. It's, and also, I put it at Michael six, Vick so it's was not, up not too game. far off. Would you Michael say? Vick made an appearance. Michael Vick made an appearance oh, okay. in this game. Nice. Um, I, I remember, I oddly remember that for some reason. I know he was uh, at the 05 game for sure. Yeah. He was in the, he was is, in the tech section in 05. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is one of like, oddly, I, I used to live in Raleigh, worked with a lot of NC State grads. Some of my best friends are NC State grads. And they were like, this is a game that they remember for like the wrong reasons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was living with a of- person from NC State at the time. And she... We're texting back and forth. She wasn't the biggest sports fan, but I think she te- texted me. I was like, it's not over yet. She was like, it's 17 nothing. Come on. And then we ended up winning. <laughs> I mean, you so, got to think that was Russell. Like, they look back at the Russell Wilson years, but they didn't accomplish. This was the mm-hmm. best team that they had with Russell Wilson. If they would have won this game, they would have been playing at a pretty meaningful bowl game and could have gotten 10 wins. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it feels good to do that sometimes, you know. So I was at this game. Um, nice. Some buddies and I went down. And the thing I remember was being down. Tech was throwing the ball a lot early. And they needed to run. They just they needed to run the ball. Tyrod was, was good running it. Um, David Wilson had some good runs. But the defense finally stepped up. Um, J. Ron Hosley had an interception in the end zone that was going to lead uh, – you know, that was going to let NC State have a 24-7 to lead at halftime. But Hosley got the pick in the end zone that kind of stalled their momentum a little bit. And then the unique thing about NC State now is that they let the fans leave at halftime. So all the NC State fans, they're having a good time. They're they're enjoying. They're beating Virginia Tech and all, and, and all this stuff. And so they all go out to tailgate at halftime. They're getting all their, their drinks they got to work their way back in the stadium. They're feeling good the, because they're crushing. And, right. And by the time they get back in the stadium, here goes David Wilson down, down <laughs> the sideline. And it completely changed the game. Once David Wilson got got that kickoff return to spark that second half, NC State had no shot. 
I mean, they really didn't. And it was a completely different game in the second half. I mean, it was just what the doctor ordered. Um, and and Tech just took off. I mean, I do not have this game in my top four. Um, okay. NC State go, ended up going nine and four, uh, which this was one of their better wins of the season for Tech. But there were bigger games in 2010 for sure. Yep. Yep. And... <sighs> Oh gosh, I lost it. I had something there, Clark. I'm going to ask you for <laughs> for your uh, for your pick. If you're just like looking at these games, what jumps out to you? So I had two two top games, um, LSU in 2002. Um, but to me, the number one game, just because of the straight emotion more than anything else, was UVA 2015. Um, that was that was the must win scenario. For Frank Beamer in his last game, his last shot to to get a bowl game to end on the end on a good note against Virginia, who had their coach was was on his way out, Mike London, and uh, and Tech figured out a way to come back three times in that game and won it. And there was not a dry eye in the Tech section. I mean, I just I remember watching Bud and Frank. You know, Bud was just in tears. Shane was in tears. I mean, that game to me will always be special um, just because everybody knew like this was the shot that Frank, we don't want him, we don't want him going out on a bad note. We want him to to beat UVA his last time and, and he did. And man, just that day in Charlottesville will always stick out for me. I think that's a great answer, Clark. And that one is in my top four currently. Uh, Beamer's final game against UVA, as you mentioned, and I mean it was not a it was not a big game in terms of the records or anything like that. But it, it, it was, was just, it was too like it was too yeah. objectively bad Virginia. <laughs> oh team, yeah, Virginia and Virginia Tech. Yeah, it, I don't even remember what UVA was records was, but Tech was yeah, five. Yeah, and UVA six. Yeah. UVA was four and seven coming into that game. Okay, yeah, so it was all it's all around the, the the environment of that game. That that game is second for me in, in my top four. So I agree with you. Just I I remember you talk about you know a dry eye not in the stands. There was one play where um. Trayvon, and I always forget how to pronounce his first name. Is it Chavin or Trayvon? It's but Trayvon, I think it's Trayvon. I think. Trayvon. Trayvon McMillan had a play where he got stopped like for you know a modest four or five yard gain, and then him in the line just kept pushing, and it ended up being like he so he get, first got tackled by like two guys at the five yard gain. It ended up being like a 12, 13 yard gain, and I started like crying because I'm like, man, we we've got to win this. Like I don't yeah. like I care about nothing else. We just have to win. It was a combination and of you- it being for bowl eligibility being against UVA and being Frank Beamer's last game. I mean, all, and, and it was dramatic. Oh, it, 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 oh, and by the way, during the game, it was leaked that Justin Fuente was going to be the that's next. That's right. Oh, yes, yeah. it was. Yep. It came out like in the middle of the second quarter. And everybody's right, like, I was, wow, watching, really? I was watching this on TV. I do remember when they said, we're going to pause here for a second. Breaking news. Justin Fuente has been announced as the tech football head coach. I do remember that. Yeah. And so you factor all those things in. I, no, the teams weren't. Good, but it is our rival, and the opponent matters in this best choosing. The the margin of victory, I think, comes into play here. Uh, whether it's super close or super blowout, I think that's kind of where we go with a lot of these choices. But I I, I love that game. I love that choice. And I think, Clark, that was one of the ones you put on the list. And so um, I'm a big fan of that one. I guess I'll – I got a question sure, for, sure. Uh, go ahead. for Clark. Because yeah. when we t- I remember I was mentioning to Clark, we're going to have some spicy takes here. You have LSU – in your top two or three. Yes. Not only as you games in my bottom, like four. Really? And so I'm curious. Yeah. So I'm curious what you, where, where, why you rank LSU, that LSU game so high. Okay. So 
like I said, when we were talking about Clemson, my criteria was at the end was, was this the biggest win of the season? So like for Virginia, I said, yes, wins that year were against teams with losing records, except for NC state that we beat them on a Friday night, which was a fun, but game this was, too. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but this was Frank's last shot at Virginia. It was a big game. It was the biggest game. They got the bowl eligibility. They got to the Independence Bowl, ended up winning. But I think the UVA game was bigger than the bowl game, similar to what we had this year. I think the Virginia game was was much bigger in terms of the context than the bowl game was. I mean, yeah, the bowl game was crazy. Um, but it, what I said about LSU, I think the reason that the LSU game – is lower on a lot of people's lists is because that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was you, that was twenty four years ago, man. I was a senior in high school. Twenty, yeah. <laughs> but see, like I could say that, but if you could, if you don't look at my automatic qual, <laughs> I was Sam. I think I think I was seven. But if if you look at my automatic qualifiers list, my top is packed by a lot of 04 and 03 and 07 games. I'm basically the same age. For me, the LSU game is like. I know how your criteria is saying that it's like it's that's the biggest win of the year. It was, that O2 yeah. team didn't have a lot of win, big wins. It had a lot of wins. Um, and I found this out thanks to the site you gave me. Uh, we randomly had 13 regular season games that year. Yes. Yeah. How often? How often does that it happen? Was technically, um, Arkansas State. Was the a, Arkansas State game got added. It was an exhibition yeah. okay. game. Technically, it was. It was like the Hispanic Coaches <laughs> yeah. Association game. Oh wait, you're getting what? balloons on your screen. You're getting now. balloons, whatever. I guess when you oh. do air quotes. <laughs> so okay. to, to me, it's like I kind of a little bit of revisionist history. I feel like for that game as well, because yes, it's Nick Saban, but that's not the Saban that we know now, right? That, but that's LSU still won that's, the SEC championship the year. That before. was my point too, Devin. Yeah. Is that yes, Clark? You are correct. The, the year before they won the Peach Bowl, they finished number seven in the AP in 2001. So LSU was good. And during that game, they were number 14 and that's, that's meaningful. And it's LSU, which is a brand. But at that time, LSU was not LSU and Saban was not Saban. They were just becoming LSU as we know them. They hadn't had a title since 1958. They were kind of not an afterthought. That's not the right way to put it, but Saban put them on the map and he hadn't won a title yet. And so it was a big game. It looks way bigger in retrospect. It like that, and that's why I think people see. I it. was at that game. I was. There. It was a big. Game. I was at that game, I, and I I, <laughs> I remember was that was game. Kevin Jones's coming out party, if I remember correctly. He had mm-hmm. like two really big runs. He had that crazy the big run. reverse. He goes right. You have the big reverse <laughs> game. So that was like his coming out party. Like, and I'm not saying it wasn't a good win. Right. I, I I wouldn't. You know, I'm not snickering at the fact that it's on this list. I do think it was a good win, but I just don't hold it in that high of regard. It didn't, it didn't bolster us into some next level. It didn't save an undefeated season. Um, it, you know, it was early, I think it was the second or third game of the year. Oh, it was technically the, the second first game, game. right? Second technically game. the first, literally the second because of the Hispanic coaches classic. Um, that LSU team ended up being eight and four. So it's not like we, we beat the Ohio state 2014 team that ends up winning the national championship that year. They won it the next year. Uh, I believe, well, they shared it. I think that was the year yeah, they, shared they shared it, right, it with USC yeah. with Oklahoma. Right. Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. Um, no, it was USC. So it, I think it was you. Uh, no, you. Yeah, yeah USC U- went back USC, to back. Yeah. USC yep. and they because they lost the three peat uh, bid to Texas. But and um, that's why yeah, they, they took the, the AP out of the BCS formula because the I think it was the AP refused to put USC not number one. 
And then the BCS was like, oh, you're not going to do what we said you had to do. So they took the AP out and they brought in the Harris poll. I think that's how it went down, but I, c- okay. I could be misremembering. Another nugget about that 2002 LSU game was that after the game, there were so many LSU fans. There was kind of like a mini riot downtown. Yeah. Clark, do you remember that? I, rem- I remember vaguely like it involved the hokey bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but LSU, their fans kind of took over the Price's Fork lot. Like that weekend, <laughs> they were all over the Price's Fork lot because um, we had some friends that came in from Louisiana for that game. I mean, that was that was the largest crowd to ever see a game in the history of Lane Stadium up to that point. Wow. It was a brand new South End Zone complex had just opened. Um, so that was it was sixty five thousand six hundred thirty two It was the largest crowd to ever see a game. Now, it, obviously, it got it got surpassed a little bit um, since then or no, sixty five thousand forty nine. The the, okay. the the capacity is is a little bit lower now, but um, it was the first SEC opponent to play in Lane Stadium since South Carolina in 1990. That's wild, dude. And, so and that's a, fans I, had this game circled. It was a big. And game. I said the thing about LSU not being LSU, but it doesn't mean that they're they didn't have a tremendous fan base who traveled like crazy. And oh, it and, was nuts. And boy, did they travel to the, the whole like top of the team. South End Zone was purple and gold. And, I mean, the whole place. And it was crazy. The other thing that. Uh, that we were saying it was Saban's third season and that, you know, it, they weren't, they had been number seven, but they were just number 14 in this game, which is good. But we have to keep in mind where we were as a program, we were expected to win that game. This was not an upset like victory. Like this was business as usual, which is weird to think about now. That's another reason that it could be lower for some people. But when I posted this list online, like, People were saying LSU has got to be in the bracket. LSU has got to be in the bracket. But I think some of that is just, as we've discussed, it's Saban, right? But Saban wasn't Saban then. And so it's... Well, it's Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Will Muschamp, all were on that yeah. coaching staff. Like It was yeah. a legendary that stretch, coaching staff. That stretch to start the season. I mean, yes, they play Arkansas State, but they played LSU. They played... Marshall with Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. I see that was okay. I was gonna make I was like I was afraid to bring it up, but I would make the argument like I wouldn't be so sure that LSU was the biggest win because that Marshall team was good. Very that was a, that was a big game. That was a very was a big game. game. It was one of my first games that I I went to attack besides the LSU game, and people were fired up. Like I mean, yeah. it was a night game, and uh, everyone was pumped for that Marshall game. That is not one of the games on the bubble. It's not one of the games in the automatic qualifier because there are so many good wins that we have had in the last 20 years that I want to move on to another one, guys, and I'll give mine right now. This is just one I want to bring up. Again, I'm not sure it's in my top four, but the BC 2008 ACC championship game. That's right. We put a championship game on the bubble, and I think the reason for that is, at least for me, is that this game wasn't memorable, and I went to the game. I was in Tampa. I I had driven down (laughs) from DC and drove back in one day, 14 hours to get home on, on Sunday or Monday, whatever it was, but it was an ugly game. We only had 234 yards of offense. BC turned it over five times. We had a scoop and score in typical uh, Beamer ball fashion. And Tyrod had three total TDs, but ultimately we had already beaten BC the year before in the ACC title game. That was a bigger one because it was the Matt Ryan revenge game. This one was kind of, just it was a championship and it's it's great and it led to the Cincinnati Orange Bowl that we won but I don't know if it's one of our 
it it kind of almost de facto has to be a best win because it's championship. But like I said, that's subjective, and it, it kind of depends on our definition of best. Well, this was yeah, a contender and- for for first, in my opinion. I said it was the second biggest just because there was the Nebraska road game, there was the Cincinnati Orange Bowl win. Um, but I mean, yeah, this, the BC, even though BC was ranked, the Tech wasn't. Um, it just seemed like this was still a big win. It was a championship game, and Tech just went in there and just dominated. Yeah, it's it's right. This was the, for me. my four and five. Go this ahead, was Sam. the game that killed the uh, ACC championship in Florida, which was one yeah. of the many wonderful moves made by the ACC. It wasn't well attended. But, no, it, was, um, it was not. I was there. I I, I think for I me, went, like it was very. Empty. That wasn't a very good Boston College team. Like they had a decent record, but they didn't really beat anybody that good. I, I just like they beat Tech in that one game, and that was kind of their own. That was their marquee win. But if you look at that roster and you look at those players, like that, that wasn't a very good Boston College team. Like Tech should have. Tech was underperforming that year up to that point. So for me, that one was just kind of meh. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it doesn't. For an ACC championship game, there are much. As, as Devin said, like it, there's a feel to it, right? And like there's just kind of a game that you think back on our history, like that's not one that anyone brought up. Everyone knows we won the ACC title, but they don't talk about the game. And I think if we could separate those two things, um, that's important. Devin, do you want to bring up another game on this list? Um, I only want to bring it up as an honorable mention. It's not on this list, and I honestly wouldn't vote for it if it was, but I just kind of want to give – it's it's due the 2007 east carolina game was an absolute snooze fest of a game both teams Mm -hmm. did not play well because quite frankly they were so emotionally drained but to say that that win does not have a lot of meaning to virginia tech as a whole would be doing it a disservice um for a lot of Hokies, it was their first time back in blacksburg um for a lot of students it was their first time back on campus um game day was there you know both teams come out together no booing for the whole game um, you know, the game itself, I think the final score was like 17 to 10. But again, like I said, everybody was just, I remember just being emotionally drained. So I, I could only imagine how they felt. But so to me, it, just an honorable mention, it wouldn't have been, it, I would not have put it on the bracket, but just like a, a shout out to like that game just has a lot of important value. Fantastic shout out. Thank you for bringing yeah, that up. And I, I, agree. I, I was there for that one and I had, I was already graduated, but I had to make it back for that. And it was, it was emotional and it was, it was great. Uh, Clark, do you want to bring up a game? Well, going back to another emotional game uh, in Charlottesville was the the 2021 game against Virginia. Um, Justin Fuente and Tech had parted ways at that point, and J.C. Price was the head coach. They were just trying to piece together the final two games of the season. Uh, they had lost to Miami on the road down there uh, in uh, in. Miami Gardens, I guess, is where they play. Um, but that team just gritted it out. And I know I hate to use that word, but that's what they did. Right? <laughs> oh, no. I thought we were I thought we were done. I thought we got rid of it. It's, it's funny because JC actually was like, I want that grit off the helmets. So they took the grit <laughs> oh off my with the Michi logo there. Um, but uh, but that was a game that they just they just took from Virginia. 
And that uh, UVA team was good. Brennan Armstrong was like that was at the peak of his oh, yeah. powers. He was in contention for ACC Player of the Year or, or Offensive Player of the Year at least. That was a good and UVA U- team. And UVA thought they were going to win that game. They were they like, did, "All right, yeah. Tech is so low. This is their lowest point. They 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 don't have a head coach. Everybody's going to leave. This is our shot to win." And Tech said, "Nope." We're taking this one, too. And and in a lot of people's minds, that was the most recent game after 2019 because, like, the 2020 game did happen, but that was a pandemic year. A lot of weird things happened. So for a lot of people, the most recent game was the 2019 UVA game where they won. So they were riding high and, like, ready to, you know, quote, unquote, start their own streak. And that ended up being Brocko Mendenhall's last game there as well. Mm -hmm. But the memorable moment from that game was that Tech had had the lead. They were up, I think it was three late in the game, probably the last like two minutes and UVA went all the way down the field. And then with a minute left, they called the third down play where they ran the backwards (laughs) pass to the lineman to Bobby Haskins. And tech just tech, just steamrolled him, took him down for a long strong. And then the next play, it was just a pass to the middle of the back of the end zone and tech, you know, got a hand on it and the game was over. Um, But, the you quote. Know, it was Clark. cool. The Clark, the quote, right? Oh, yeah. So the cool thing is, is that now UVA just lets anybody walk out on the field after the game, kind of like Clemson does. And so all the Tech fans, they can't believe it. They're, you know, they're going to a bowl game. Everything, you know, everything was good. They had finally beaten or they'd beaten Virginia. And and J.C. Price is out there. And it, it's it's his one win as coach at Tech. And he got the interview from Jen Heldreth from the ACC Network, and he was—he basically said the same thing. He was just like, you know, this was, this was a team that just—they didn't quit. They wanted to win this game. They fought all day long. And Jen asked him, "Well, Coach, you're a little emotional right now." And he just got real teared, and he said, "This is my school. This is home. That's it." And that cemented the legend status. Of J.C. Price. It sure did. Greatest one-win I mean, coach in college football I mean, history. That's you could watch that. It was on Twitter. It was on Facebook. It was everywhere. And you could just sit there and just watch that 20 seconds of, of quote, over and over and over. And it the, never gets old, ever. And then we got the more great pictures. Timing about it. Go ahead. The great timing about it is right after the quote, they pan over to the fan to the students on the field, and there's a kid holding up a sign that says Lane Stadium North. Like yeah. you couldn't have drawn it up better. You had JC getting emotional, an all-time great quote, and then we just renamed their stadium. Yeah, and and that crazy. name has stuck because that was the first of two times we've stored in their field in the last few years. And we got the cigar smoking pictures that went because they oh, had yeah, him from the nineties and then they had him from that game and they mashed him up on Twitter and everything. That was, that's a great choice and a great game to talk about. I want to bring up a game. Actually, Sam, you go first and then I'll bring one up. I'll, I'll bring one up. Uh, so a little bit into the more recent games, this was my senior year at Virginia tech and it was the opener against Florida state in 2018 oh, oh, Labor no. day game. <laughs> Florida State blacking out. They had they were doing the swag and surf before the game. That place looked insane. I've heard from people who went to that game. It was uh, crazy. That it was insane. that was maybe the best yeah. college football environment they've ever been to. And these are people who have been to plenty of environments. Um, and Tech just came out and mollywopped them. The game it wasn't close. close. Like Tech Tech could have scored like thirty eight in that game. They were running the ball most of the second half. 
Florida State only scored three points on a 22-yard field goal. But other than that, it was uh, Tech had a block punt for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that 50-yard Chris pass, Cunningham. Eric Coon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it was just like that first drive was a dominant drive. Josh Jackson threw the the fade to Damon Hazelton for the touchdown to cap that first drive. Over a Virginia native, that that a DB was from Virginia, and he, he we mm-hmm. wanted him bad, and he picked Florida State over us. Yeah, I just when you said the term satisfying, like to me of every game on this list, that was maybe the most satisfying because that was the oh Virginia Tech like is special this year. They are very very good. It didn't really end up happening. They we, we had the about that. the rest of the we season had the, happened. oh boy the, the hurricane the happened, the season. and then the rest of the season did happen. We. I, so but I was, was at that, that game. That moment was amazing. So I was at that game. I think Clark, you were at that game too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. We we showed up on I think Friday to Tallahassee, and the game was on Monday, and we just we didn't stop partying. It was we joke like, but seriously, it was a top five weekend of our lives. And like, so the blocked punt, I re- I almost knocked over my father in excitement. My father is a five eleven, like two hundred fifty pound linebacker. And I about knocked him over just being so excited from that blocked punt. When that game was over and then we smashed William and Mary, I was convinced. I was – you could not Everybody tell me was. otherwise that we were going to the playoffs. Yeah. I was convinced. I was like, this team is legit because 2016 was our, like, our comeback from the doldrums of, you know, Beamer retiring and is this new coach going to be good. 2017, it was a good year. We lost to Miami. No shame in that. That Miami team was really good that year. 2018, we come in, Florida State's ranked, we're ranked, we go in there, and like you said, they, the, like you were saying, Sam, they brought the blackout, they swag served, we had Monday night to ourselves, uh, like, that get, that's my number one, actually, in my bubble 16, that wow. game is wow. my number one. Really? It, it was it's my number three. It was a top five weekend of my life, See, like, and that, we had the whole gang there. And it was, it was shocking, because we were underdogs, we, we had a lot of questions going in to that game and once we won it in the style that we won it everyone's like bud foster just reloads he hasn't lost a step fuente's got this team he just we just come back and they're going to be all and it just those narratives went out the window so quickly because florida state was not good however that night we didn't know that at the time in terms of satisfaction and a big win at the time it it's it's as big as they come because it is Florida State and it's in Tallahassee. And had we won in Tallahassee before, like 1974? Okay, oh my, was the last Lord. time they'd won. And so now they granted they didn't play every year. Yeah, yeah. That's but true, yeah. Tech and Florida State played a lot in the 70s, um, and and even 60s, in the 70s. early ACC days, yeah. like we had, we kept we we beat Bowden in Lane Stadium, but that took a bunch of tries, and then yeah. we couldn't do it down there. They, and we finally Florida State did. just. Florida State just had Tech's number. They just did. Over the 20 years since the Sugar Bowl, Florida State just, for some reason, they just, they beat Tech. And it just all all turned on the tables on that night. I mean, it just completely shifted. And everybody, everybody in the stands, the players, the whole place, everybody knew like, wow, this was, this was a big time beatdown. It was, it was national television, the whole nine yards. But, um, I mean, Willie Taggart, that was his first game, and then that all you know, happened part, with Florida yeah. State. Um, Lethal simplicity. 
That's right. <laughs> the, but so I, I did look simplicity. this up. Oh my god! It was it was the twentieth most watched game of all of 2018. Five and a half million views watched us kick the tomahawk up and down the field. <laughs> and I remember seeing a stat like two or three days later: fifty percent of Florida State's plays, all fifty percent of their offensive plays, either ended in an incompletion, a sack, a tackle for loss, or no gain. Wow. We, we just we were in control. Like like Sam said, that game could have been a lot like worse for them. All right, guys, let's move to these other, these last few games. I'm going to read them off, and then I want to see if any anything strikes you that you need to say about these games. And these are the final bubble games we haven't mentioned. Pitt 2019, which was a 28 nothing shutout in Bud's final game at Lane. Tulane, 41-20 to in the Military Bowl. Uh, Miami in 2016, 37-16. to yep. UVA in 2016, 52-10. Do you want to go? You want to go, Sam? Yeah, the Miami game was my number two. Oh, okay. Um, maybe because okay. it was a, it was I was it was a really fun day for me and my friends. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> Miami coming in with the Miami hype and Tech dominated them, like in a way that was just so so beautiful. Brad Kaya got sacked like ten times. It was incredible. Yeah. Gerard Evans had that big run at the end of the game. Sam Rogers with the halfback pass. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that. Was, he was the lead. Sam Rogers yeah. threw a touchdown pass and was the leading receiver. Um, yeah, he had that trick just, play. Yep. Yeah, it was, and that, it was that just game a that. perfect game. And that game perfect, also, like again, game. the comeback of like Virginia Tech in 2016. That was like again re- trying to reestablish our identity. One of our identities was the Kings of Thursday Night. So like getting back to because I believe that game was a Thursday it night was. game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so getting back it's also to like Virginia 80 Tech. degrees in October. It was a yes. beautiful yeah. day. I think that's that one of the crazy. best games Tech played under Justin Puente. Yeah. Considering the opponent. Like that was that wasn't a great Miami team, but they were a good Miami team, right? Like Florida State ended up being terrible. Uh some of the other bigger wins under Justin Puente, like some of those UNC teams, they just weren't good. Um right. and that, that that was the game where like played a good team, beat them, beat the beat the tar out of them. That Miami Tech had team. just come off that Syracuse loss too, so oh, yeah. that the, really stung. The dome of horrors. Oh, yeah. I hate oh, that God. dome. That was awful. Yeah. Oh lord. I actually happened to see Clark before that Syracuse game. It's one of uh, maybe the second time we had ever met each other. But yeah. first time was at Vail. <laughs> That's right. <Adam laughs> at the Vail. Uh, but that Miami game, like that Miami team that year, they had like one, like four or five in a row. Then they lost four in a row, and I think they won four in a row. Like they were, they had were in a bad way. And I think we were partially responsible for that. But I remember about that 2016 Miami game, it being so incredibly loud, like maybe the loudest I can personally remember other than maybe the 03 Miami game. Miami games are loud. And it's funny (laughs) because in all the research I did for this, like even Miami games that we haven't, that aren't on any of the lists. Like I was going back like the 2019 Miami game down in Miami with Hooker starting like big game, the 2013 Miami game when they were number 14 down in Miami, uh, Miami in 2010, like that game, they were number 24 on the road again, 31 to 17, but all the ones in, yeah. Oh nine. And some of these games, the Oh nine games, obviously going to be in the bracket, but like those other ones I just named the 2013 game where we beat a number 11 Miami with Joshua Stanford and and down in that like kind of messy field, like that game gets forgotten. Like that's not, that wasn't really a game anyone brought up. Um, That was the Trey Edmonds game. Trey Edmonds. Yeah. And that was our punter 
decking the punt returner and causing a fumble, yep. which was like I'm pretty sure it was the Sports Center top one play or, or, or a top ten play that that week. And I'm trying to remember the punter's name. Is it AJ. AJ Hughes. AJ Hughes. I think that was the punter, and I mean decked him. It was a perfect forward tackle, head right on the ball, fumbled it, and everybody was like, "Wait, Bieber ball?" Question mark. I guess. <laughs> and that's what's funny about the Miami. Virginia Tech rivalry and why I'm so happy that it's now going to be back going forward yeah. is because as we go through this exercise and this episode and the future episode we're going to do where we see the teams, Miami comes up again and again, and we have played so many classic games against them. Tons. And uh, so getting through the rest of these bubble games, we just talked about Miami 2016, UVA 2016, which clinched the Coastal Division, Justin Fuentes' uh, big win to go to the ACC title game. 52-10 to 10 we beat them. I think that's tied or the biggest margin in the UVA Virginia Tech rivalry at 42 points even this year's which was 55 17 was it was the most points but it wasn't the biggest margin and so 52 to 10 it, it was a cool game and, and one that deserves mention but maybe not a uh, a bracket worthy game Marshall 2013 uh, that triple overtime where we wore the digital camo kind of a, an ugly Ooh, game in in multiple ways God. uh but I've got horror stories about that one. That game. <laughs> terrible stories. No, I, I don't want to see it. I it hated is. those jerseys. I hated the helmets. <laughs> oh lord! And then Mar- we got Marshall a- lost to Ohio. They lost to Ohio the game before. Oof. That game. That game in in a bubble it deserved to be mentioned just because it was the longest game in Lane Stadium history. Um, but yes, I mean time. it. Yeah. Yes, at the time. I mean until you know. So I have a fun. I do have one Carolina. funny story that is funny about that that game. So we scored, I think, to tie it at the end, and or no, we were on the way to score to tie it at the end. And Logan is on the other side of the field. We're sitting in the student section, and we're just going bananas because we just had a big gain. We're like, oh my god, we're actually going to pull this off. And Logan, like in the middle of the offensive formation does a full 180 turns around and is just doing this to us to get us to shut up because we're just going crazy. It's raining. We're like so far gone from, you know, whatever we were doing at the tailgates. Uh, I kind of feel bad. They ended up scoring. Thank God. I'd have felt terrible if they, like, yeah, they scored score. with three minutes left to, to tie that game up yep, to, yep. to get it to overtime. We need, and then it was just a messy game. <laughs> we need to talk about the Georgia tech 2010 game quickly because yes, that was a cool game. 28, 21, David Wilson's kick return with two minutes left. I thought we were dead in the water, honestly. And that was that was a home game, correct, Clark? This was a Thursday night game. Yeah. It was a Thursday night home yeah. game. Um, and even with that kickoff return, we were not out of rough water yet because our defense oh, no. had just given up a touchdown. They had been on – and this was when Georgia Tech had was running the triple option. So they had just been on the field dealing with the triple option. We immediately score again. So now they got to go back on the field. And that we were not out of water until – Rock, Rock Carmichael got the interception in the end zone with like 10 or 15 seconds left. And then we could finally breathe a sigh of relief. I was but I will say this about the, the, the kickoff return. That was the kind of, the kind of play that you go back home after the game when, you, when you've gone there and you watch that play over and over and over again. I mean, it was absolute pandemonium. I don't think anybody saw David Wilson run into the end zone <laughs> because they were all just celebrating so much. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. And that game was the grinded out Georgia Tech triple option crap that you just hated to watch. And somehow Tech was figuring out a way. And and like you said, Devin, they still had to get the interception in the end zone to win the game. But that was one of the reasons why Georgia Tech 
that game to me was always the biggest rivalry in the ACC for Tech. It wasn't Miami. It wasn't UVA. That Georgia Tech game was the difference maker from 2004 to 2012. It was. Every year that team won the division. It was a yep. must-win game. And and to see Tech come back right there at the end of the game and that just monumental play. I mean, to me, that that play alone made this a contender. To, and if to you make watched that game and saw that play, you can still envision David Wilson like hopping after he scores, mm-hmm. right? Like that yep. imagery yeah. is just like burned into my brain. I'm sure he did a backflip. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I want to know who was in charge of Lane Stadium's uh, soundboard at that time because I believe. That was the first time they played in a Sandman during a game, right? Not during the inches. I believe that was the first time they busted out in a Sandman in the middle of a game. Interesting. Because um, I've been I've been to all the home games pretty pre- since because in a Sandman was first used in I think two thousand. Correct. correct right. We got wrong, three right? left. Three left of okay. the bubble games. UVA two thousand five. That's fifty two to fourteen. That fifty two number comes up again. That was the game where the T gets painted on the V on in Scott stadium and it, you know, made ESPN and all that kind of stuff. Did you have any commentary on that game, Clark or or Sam? Were you either of you guys at that game? I was there, but Sam, if you want to go ahead. (laughs) No, I, 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 I don't have much commentary. He, on it. I mean, I, Tech I really doubled don't. up. It's Tech doubled the, up UVA. Oh yeah, we dominated. It's yeah. one of the, the it's problem. One of those Tech UVA games that just like, I it happened and like it happened how we thought it would, and it was in that stretch of like Tech just dominating that. I mean, that was one of I our just, best seasons we've ever had. I mean, that team was, was absolutely yeah. loaded. The week, the week before was the loss to Miami at home mm-hmm. with College Game Day there, and Miami had just taken the upper hand in the Coastal Division. So there was there was really nothing at that point unless Miami ended up stumbling. Tech beat UVA. Miami lost to Georgia Tech. They sure did. And so, <laughs> and so because of that, Tech had, Tech had taken it back. Now, this was not the last game of the season. I know. I noticed Carolina that when I was looking week. back. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was still Virginia. And I remember when the, the, the T was painted on the field, I still think that was an inside job. I really do. I don't think that that was any tech fan or anybody. You think that they did that to the... fire themselves? Oh up? yes, uh, that was uh, that was Al Gro. No, somebody way. somebody on that staff definitely did that. I have. I hope it was personally Al Gro. <laughs> it probably was <laughs> with the, like wearing like a nice black hoodie and just have bought a can of orange spray paint from Home yeah. Depot. And but uh, that was really the memorable moment from that game. I mean, Cedric Humes, he had just broken his arm like two weeks prior. He scored like two or three touchdowns in that game. I mean, it was an absolute domination on on the on the field, especially on the ground. A recurring theme that comes up against the Who's. Georgia Tech 2004 is on this bubble list. Another comeback against the Bees. This one was in Atlanta, and that was Reggie Ball. If I if I'm yeah, he was the quarterback yep. for Georgia Tech. And before they were triple option now. This game was in my top five. Okay. And why is it? Georgia Tech 2004. So uh, a little inside baseball. A friend of mine and I decided that we're going to drive down. This was our sophomore year. We're driving to Atlanta for the Thursday night game. And the morning of the game, his truck doesn't start. Oh, no. And we are like, oh, my God. We are not going to go. We've already got our tickets and everything. So long story short, we convinced another buddy of ours that had a Jeep. We're like, we'll buy your ticket to the game if you will just if you'll go. So because we want to go down to this game, it was it it was uh, you know a big road trip, ACC game. Um, 
And he was like, no, I'm, I, I got to stay home and do laundry. We're like, come on, man. You want to go see Tech Play or you want to do your laundry? So we convinced him to go down there. And in the uh, in the first half of the game, Tech just couldn't get anything going. Brian Randall, you know, Eddie Royal on that team, they could not get anything going. And at halftime, my mom called me on the phone and she says, Clark, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Tech, tech tech will figure out some way to 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 make this a game. Don't worry about it. Don't let it get to you. And uh and then by God, tech ended up coming back. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. Especially, you know, to me, that play of the game when Brian Randall, I mean it was like an 80 yard pass. Mm-hmm. Um Brian Randall found Eddie, Eddie Royal on the right side of the field. He caught the pass, and Eddie Royal did Eddie Royal things. I mean, he yep. made two guys miss mm-hmm. and he was gone. I mean, there was no question. Um, and to me, I mean, he was a freshman. but And and Brian Randall, the, the savvy veteran, the leader of that team, just led that team back. The defense did their job. Chris Ellis ran Reggie Ball out of the back of the end zone. That We were in the end zone closest, or we, we were in the stands closest to that end zone. And because of the way that the end zone was so steep, we could not see the back of the end zone. We couldn't see the paint line. And all of a sudden, the play was dead, and we're like, what just happened? And Reggie Ball had run out of the back of the end zone. Oh just, my gosh! Yes, and, and I mean, it just to me, it, it's it was just an emotionally charged game. Tech came back and won. It propelled them to to win the ACC. Um, this did not fit my criteria as the biggest win of the season because they did end up beating Miami um, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, which is you know one of our top you know top candidates. Uh, but man alive, that game, that game started the rivalry between Tech and Georgia Tech because they had played in 1990. Um, Georgia Tech had had won the national championship that year, and mm-hmm. they beat Tech six to three. This was not a six to three game, but Tech was ranked. It was a Thursday night. It was cloudy. It kind of drizzled a little bit, but but Tech just they came back in that game, and to me, that was that was a big win. And Virginia Tech held a certain wide receiver from Georgia Tech to four yep. receptions for only 51 yards. Yeah. And I think Calvin he was a freshman Johnson. too. The Megatron. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You know what? I don't care who was thrown to him <laughs> or that he was a freshman. If you can hold Calvin Johnson to 51 yards receiving, you're going to feel pretty good about You're You're going to feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. We had the DBs back then that could actually compete with him. Although when he came back in, what was it? 2007, it, didn't quite go that way <laughs> in lane. Tech scored 22 points in the last five minutes of that ball. They game. did. They did. So if I remember correctly, I was at a watch party in Blacksburg watching that game with a bunch of friends, and we were all panicking right at halftime, third quarter, and everybody was mad because we were running the. And quite, you probably remember this game better, so remind me because if I remember right, we were running the ball a lot in the third quarter despite losing. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying, nah, Devin. This is fine. We got to right where we want him. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like 11 to 12 at the time. And I'm like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. This old geezer. And then, like you said, all of a sudden, just bam. We hit, like, the six, seven-minute mark left in the fourth quarter and just poured it on him. I mean, I remember, you know, because we were in the end zone behind the play was hap- developing in front of us, going away from us, that Eddie Royal play. Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking and seeing Eddie Royal wide open. And I just screamed, Eddie Royal! <laughs> and about that time... Brian Randall tossed that tossed that ball to Eddie Royal, and he did the rest, and we were just going nuts. And then they got the two point conversion, yep. and tied the game up. And then there was um, a pick six, I think, yeah. in that game too. Yeah, 
Yeah, yep. very sim- very similar to the Ohio State game, the way that game finished. They got that pick six, and then it was just it was over at that point. Last game on the bubble list is Texas A&M from 2002. We went down to Kyle Field as part of a home-and-home, and, home, and we emerged victorious 13-3. to This wasn't the prettiest game. A&M was ranked. They were number 19, and winning in Kyle Field shouldn't be slept on. Oh, this, this was at a time when A&M, while a big Texas University – they still were, they were AM. They were not like a powerhouse pre Johnny Manziel, pre, pre a lot of that, that big booster money that came in. Good win, tough place to win. I don't think it's one of the top games on this, on this bubble list. Not for me. It was not a big, it was not a, you know, a, a notable remembering game, but the, the fact that tech had the home and home set up with Texas A&M. It was very similar to the the way fans felt about the Nebraska mm-hmm. series. Fans felt about the LSU series. Was that it's like we're playing big time Texas A&M. Um, tech, tech had not gone to Texas to play a road game since 1976, and that was at Texas A&M. Um, but you know, Texas A&M didn't lose non-conference games at all. They had a 29-game home winning streak against non-conference. The last time, so this game happened in 2002, the last time they had lost a non-conference game was to Washington in 1989. But I'm also guessing home. they didn't play a lot of top-notch teams at a conference at home. Although, I, I'm sure they did. I didn't look at that. Here's what I would venture to guess. When they scheduled that game, Tech was not the tech that they got <laughs> because we yeah. had really built up our program by the time 2002 had rolled around. And you know how far back the scheduling goes. But regardless, mm-hmm. very nice win. I remember it being a big win, but I don't think it's going to be any on any of our top four lists. This was the only game in our list that I did not go to. So. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, wow. I don't really that have absolutely many, incredible, Clark. I don't have many memories from that game, but I do remember <laughs> that being a – a big, it was a big series. It was. And I think that's why that game is on the list. Obviously, the Hurricane Isabel game from 2003 is in our in our bracket. Very memorable. Yep. That game, yep. that game, that series was just very memorable. Um, you know, Tech had played three ranked teams in a row, and and they beat all three of them, and that was a memorable game. Uh, Lee Suggs got a got a touchdown in that game to extend his streak. Um, so that that deserves to be mentioned as well. For sure. Texas A&M and Tennessee are the two teams that I wish, if I was college football commissioner, that I wish Virginia Tech would play regularly. And Texas A&M for the reason oh, of both of us. The core cadets. Cadet yeah, yeah, the core cadet yeah. tradition. I, I really wish, like, I'm sure you could, you of course couldn't do a home and home every single year. But I really wish, like, once every four or five years, they yeah. made our, their way up here. We went down there just because of the tradition around the core cadets for the two universities. I just, and, and you know, I'm, I'm holding out hope that the 12-team playoff means that we'll see more out of conference power five matchups home and home. I yeah. am skeptical, but and I tech I didn't out. have many of those at the time. And then Frank mm-hmm. scheduled no. a ton of them or Weaver or whoever. Cause we played a lot of yeah. big teams that out of conference. Well, before they were on. in the ACC. Yes. I will say this before they were in the ACC tech had home and homes with Clemson lined up, North Carolina lined up, NC state lined up. Like they were going to play ACC teams primarily in those power five matchups. But once they joined the league, it's like, uh Oh, we gotta we gotta have some schools that aren't in the ACC now. Do we want to continue to play Syracuse and West Virginia? They played West Virginia for two more years after they joined the ACC, um, and both of those games are on our list. Yep. Uh, but uh, 
But that Texas A&M series just, it felt big. Uh, the LSU series felt big, even though they won one of those. And then, you know, the Nebraska series, that was, that was big time. Yeah. Yep. Let's, let's hold that thought for now. I'm going to give a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I, I said 2013 Miami, 2019 Miami, 2010 Miami. These are all games that are not in the automatic qualifiers, but I think deserve to mention and could have been on the bubble 16. But if you guys think that any of these games that I'm mentioning now are better than the four that you picked out of the bubble, I'd be shocked. Uh, Pitt 2016 when Gerard and the receivers went crazy and, and we won 39, 36, that was a pretty cool game. Uh, and it was part of a good season. I'm not sure it, it has anything to hold a candle to like a 2006 Clemson, but it was a good game. ECU 2016, 54 to 17. That's a little bit of payback for the times that they got the better of us. Mm-hmm. I And we just, Josh Jackson was nuclear. That game, Cam Phillips broke the, uh, the record for most receptions, I want to say, or. Was that the no, game I when Tommy Tupperville was uh, calling was, us out? Was that that game? Which game am I thinking of? Camp. It was at ECU and Camp Phillips yes, had like 14 Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, okay. yeah, the fifty, the 2016 game with Gerard running down the field and cutting back and scoring, yep. that was really cool. And then BC 2016, I just – that 2016 year had some cool games. 49 nothing over a Boston College, a team that has historically given us some problems. Just thought that was kind of a wild result. That was a beatdown. Yeah. Um, that was. Okay. So let's pick our yeah. – let's pick we our four vote that make on the, the We got to get – we got to get this bubble – Done right. with, remove the bubble, get get the 32-team bracket set. So is it safe to assume that we're all putting Clemson 2006 into the bracket? Okay. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have that yes. in. All right. Can we nominate NC State for addition to the bracket? NC State 2010. I, I would say that it's in. I got it in there. What about you two? You can say they no. Are I, right, they are I do right not have at, it in there. Okay. They are right at the five six line. Okay. So like if, if okay. we if there's if I could see them moving up depending on how the rest of this goes, but they're right at the line for All me. All right. Be- so uh, my my criteria was was this the biggest win of the season? Mm-hmm. And I said no. At the time it was, but NC State ended up nine and four. So the win was uh, one of the better ones of the season. But you know the ACC title game was bigger for sure. It, and that's in our AQ, I believe. That is well. in our AQ. So, yes. And like, yeah, Florida State. St- Seasons can have more than one game in the bracket. I agree. And so, I agree. But we'll put that on the back burner for now. Two of us think it's in. Devin's on the fence. Whatever. LSU 2002. Do either of you guys think this should be in the bracket? I vote that in. I don't have it. I think I don't have it. I think it should be. I was also five. So, like, don't listen. Yeah. I mean, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm the outlier on the LSU one. I think it should be in. I think it should Clark be. Clark thinks well. it should be. It was a big time. That big time. That's about tied with NC State right now. And give me a nomination, Devin. Uh, the 2015 Beamer, um, Beamer's yes. emotional win, and yeah, Hooper, I think I think, I think that has to be in there. I think. Uh, uh, Sam, 100%. where are you at on that? I, I don't, I don't have it, but I'll concede it. Um, all right, for for me, UVA just like wasn't a good team. That was, but I, I the circumstances so around much. that game, yeah. and then I also think like celebrating one of the most legendary coaches in the sport while also like hiring a dude from Memphis in the same game is almost like college football lore beyond true Virginia well, tech. I, like people know that outside of Virginia tech, that that broke in the middle of the game. And I know you, it, it ended up like in hindsight. Yes, it was a dud at the time. You read all the articles, ESPN, Athlon, et cetera. Everyone thought that was a genius hire yeah. at the time. We thought we knocked it out the park. 
and like, I didn't the first like that they announced it during the game, though. Oh, that part, yeah. It got leaked. That, that, that didn't need leaked, to happen, didn't it? That didn't. Yeah, that didn't need to I'm happen. Sure. I do agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm it was sure a Pete Daniel. Somebody there back on track, fellas. The yeah. the BC 2008 ACC title game. Does that need to be in the bracket? Not for me. It's not my top four. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does Mark. either. <laughs> I start it. It was the second biggest win of the season. So I starred that one. I said the only, it, it was for a title. I mean, let's be honest. It's for the ACC championship. Yes, mm. BC was ranked nah, ahead. This is hard, man. <laughs> but that game just, the game just didn't have a, a big championship feel because it was Boston College and it was in Tampa. All right, Sam. So both okay, that one or down. Florida State 2018. Yeah, so we're, see, where are you at on go that? Ahead, go ahead. Pete. No, where are you at on that, Devin? Florida State 2018. That's my number one. And again, I 100% recognize the bias. I think Sam and I are in the same boat. Just personal bias for that game was just, it was a blast. Kirk Herbstreit was beside himself after that game. <laughs> I remember Center. that. I do remember that. Okay. What a day. I mean, what a weekend. I think, and I think a lot I of think fans that... would agree with you, especially fans that are closer to, because I think me and Clark are pretty close in our years yeah. at Tech, and then you guys are a little bit closer to each other. But Dev, Dev been going to games for a long time. Yeah, don't, and Sam, I mean, Sam grew up a Hokie fan, <laughs> no, so no, he don't, he's don't, don't make... he's been a fan since I, his whole life. So, um, the microcosm of that game, I think, might be the best time. All right, we have two. Right. We have and, two... and that's the same argument you can make with LSU. Also right? true. Yeah, that that's, team that's true. that team didn't win a conference championship. It kind of had a rough season. But we need to determine. the LSU game in a bubble was was a big game. Here's what we're gonna do: Clemson 2006 is in, UVA 2015 yes. is in. The next four games that we're kind of on the fence about: FSU 2018, NC State 2010, LSU 2002, ACC Championship game 2008. If you of because I think any I know Sam mentioned the 2016 Miami game was really big for me. That's not like that's a maybe a more personal one for him. For me, it's not in the top four. I don't think either of you guys had it in your top four, um, I but I wanted to to make sure we we just caveated that and, and mentioned it. So let's, can we agree that the FSU, NC State, LSU, and ACC championship game are the only ones we're considering? Sure. Still at yeah. this point. Okay. That's fine. Now here's what we're going to do. If we need the ACC championship game in there, I, I think kind of like it's a title game. I, I could lean more towards Clark and put it in. Where Are you guys still a no on that? Looking at it from a euphoria standpoint, and I know I hate to say this, but the euphoria of beating Florida State on that Labor Day night exceeded the euphoria of beating Boston College in the ACC all right, you, you, that That seals it. We're putting 2018 FSU in. All right, that leaves one spot left for NC State, LSU and ACC championship game, at least one spot for now, because I think two of these got to get in there. <laughs> I, I really do. And so here I would concede the NC state game because I do have, I have a lot of personal uh, bias on that game. It was a good game to watch. It was a, it was it the largest comeback tech had at the time at the time, points. 17 points yeah, yes. at the time. So like there's a yes. lot of historical largest comeback under Beamer um, reference around that, obviously until the Arkansas game for the boat bowl. Um, so I, I would be fine with that being. The here's first. what I here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you because if we if we agree that LSU or the championship game are next after the FSU game, here are our automatic qualifiers. And if this is there's a lot of games on this list, I'm gonna reference three of them. One, the Tennessee 2009 Peach Bowl. Is the Tennessee 2009 Peach Bowl as good of a choice as the LSU game? 
is the Texas A&M 2003 game, monsoon game in Lane, as good as the LSU game? Yes. Texas A&M oh. 2003 has to be okay. in there. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's yeah, why I, it's an I automatic qualifier. I take it back. Yes. And then there was, there was one more. Oh, the 2008 Nebraska game in Lincoln. Is that hmm. better than the LSU win over Saban? Um, so that 2008 game was the largest game um, at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Yeah. And I believe okay. it might still be the largest attended game. And the largest attended game at a Nebraska game is something special. Okay. So and that, that was, was an ABC yeah, series, Saturday night game. And, and that, that was a great was, series. That's some good context. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the point I'm going with here. We These were the automatic qualifiers for very, very many reasons. And so – if but if we felt that we could drop that peach ball because I feel like that's the one that's on the chopping block. Very cool game. Two thousand nine was a fun year, and to beat Tennessee on New Year's Eve was awesome. But I think the LSU game or the ACC championship game has to be in over that. I disagree. Okay, uh, get back to my back to my original back to a point I was making about if I could choose a common opponent for Tech to have, one of them would be Tennessee. Beating yeah. up on Tennessee was a highlight of my year. Oh, especially that second half. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, Tennessee. This too. is so, this is he, so impossible. He put his starters back in to try to save face because it was a blowout. Like for, yeah. We dominated the second half. Right. He yep. put his starters back in, ended up getting his quarterback hurt. Yeah. I, you no, guys are Tennessee looking at the same list I'm looking at. Our 28 mm-hmm. automatic qualifiers. Are any of these games – Take a quick look. Removable from the automatic qualifier. And there's things like the WV, for our listeners, 2017 WVU, Clemson 2007, when Beamer Ball went crazy down down there, uh, UVA 2007 with, with the Coastal on the line, um, no. Cincinnati Orange Bowl, Nebraska 09. Obviously, that's in contention for one of our best games. Uh, there's there's so many games. So what what this is my point. I'm removing the automatic qualifiers from the screen at this point. The Perkins fumble and the OT win for against UVA in 2018 that could potentially be on the chopping block. But that that was not a major game. But yes, it, it was it a deserved, great I mean, game. The end of that game. It was like the Nebraska game <laughs> yeah. in 09. Okay, the, the end of that game made it. We need to make a yep. decision. I think the ACC championship game in 2008 is getting left off. I, that's that's what I think, and I think LSU should be in. I would vote for that as well, only because only because Tech just handled BC, and it didn't feel like a championship atmosphere. I, and that's and what we have to. Like they were the better team. It's 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 and the beat, best yeah. game. Not the. It doesn't have to be. What it meant. It can be. LSU was jam friggin' packed. L- LSU was more satisfying. New, than new South end zone. The stadium was large. All, right. All the LSU I'll, fans. I'll be, in the yeah. minor, I'll be in the minority on this one. When 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 Clark puts it up on X, I'll be the lone and, vote. And Devin, I'm, I'm not loses. trying to, to – <laughs> I'm definitely not trying to uh, to diminish your opinion. But oh, in no, combination no, no. I'll, with, I'll with everything joking. we talked about tonight and what I saw as the responses online – I think LSU 2002 has to be in. And so I think we're, we're done. I think we got Clemson 2006. We got UVA 2015. We got FSU 2018. And we got LSU 2002. And that's what we chose from our bubble games. Whew. All right, guys. Contenders for the one seeds. Let's get down to business here. People want to hear about the one seeds because these are the ones that people are like, wait, you didn't put this in there? It's like, no, it's in there. It's safely already in the automatic qualifier because a lot of people saw the bubble graphic and are like, wait, what about this game? So these are the top contenders as we see them 
for the one seed. So that, that doesn't mean these guys on the screen with me might not have an idea for a different one for the one seed. There were a couple mentions that we'll talk about. But UNC 2019, the six-overtime game. Ohio State 2014, the win in the shoe. Florida State 2010, the ACC championship game. I've got the shirt on right now. Nebraska 2009, Tyrod did it. Miami 2004, the, our first ACC title. And Miami 2003, our highest-ranked win ever. And two of those were for conference titles, but I think those are the top six games. And if you guys have a different opinion, please, please say it. But we got to pick four of those, correct, Clark? Because we're going to do four number one seeds. Well, you got to have four number one seeds. But I mean, let's be honest here. UNC, Ohio State, Florida State, Nebraska, Miami, Miami. There's no Virginia games on this list. Not one? That's because they're not good football teams. <laughs> they're not good. Yeah, they've okay. never been. Well, wait, wait. Other so than, you say that. One year, they had one year, right? 2007 where they were good. I think they were like 15th or 16th. I think that's in the automatic qualifying list, I think, right? As one of the mm-hmm. top wins. But other than that year, UVA has not been a good team that we've played against. So two time. UVA games that deserve a shot. Well, first of all, 2007. That was for the division showdown. Um, that was the but, biggest game i feel like in the rivalry's history at the time one of the biggest it was huge because it was for tech a- was ranked number eight yeah. and uva was ranked number 16 mm-hmm. but man 38 nothing in 2011 oh yeah i mean that that was zero, that was a coastal division title game as well and it was tech you are correct obliterated virginia are you nominating me, Matt clark for a one seed is that what you're trying to say here <laughs> I think it's in it's in the running. All right, we'll add it sure. to the running. We'll add it yeah. to the running. Uh, oh, well, it, this list is going to get pretty well, long. I'm concerned because I well, have I think some eight, spicy takes. Eight games, eight games. I think if you add 07 UVA and 11 UVA, <laughs> I think that's a good eight. <laughs> well, what about Devin? Devin, what do you got? See, see, I I am going to tick off a lot of people because on my list, Ohio State 2014 is not a one seed. Okay. It's like. It's like sixth overall, six or seven. I think we are doing a huge disservice, one, to the 2007 Boston College game, the ACC title okay. revenge. All my homies hate Matt Ryan. We all hate Matt Ryan. I That game was sweet. And I really think, this is like, I know I'm young, but it's like, I've been going to games for a long time, relatively. We're not giving enough credit to West Virginia 04. That was big. It was, they it rained. Sixth. It was they were sixth nuts. ranked. It was the second highest win in school history in terms of the ranking. Yeah. We had lost um we lost to USC at the beginning of the year in FedEx Field. God hate mm-hmm. that stadium. We had lost to NC State on a last second field goal. And if uh, people miss, remember yeah. if people remember the media didn't think we'd be good. Like we didn't think we'd be bad, but they weren't picking us to do well in the ACC. We were in like the bottom half. The year before, West Virginia derailed our perfect season, right? So uh, the 03 Miami game is on there. What people forget sometimes is we went into that game like 6-1, and 7-1, and one, that one being the West Virginia loss where they the week stomped prior. us. They yeah. stomped us the year before. So getting West Virginia in 04 in our house, the rank six, we block, a, we block the field goal. Vincent Fuller runs it all the way back for a touchdown. Defense holds on to it at the end. That's a one seed for me. It's like I I could not believe that would not be a and one. And you seed. can see it on the automatic qualifiers. WVU two thousand four, rank number six, payback for two thousand three. Which that two thousand three yeah. game that we lost was on a Wednesday. 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. I'm pretty sure I remember. That was I, was I thought it was a Thursday. I Blacksburg. forgot it was a Wednesday. <laughs> I remember I was Vegas really little Robinson. and I was watching it in my parents' bedroom for some reason. I don't know why I was in my parents' bedroom watching that game. And I was thinking to myself at like six, seven years old, whatever I was like, okay, how can West Virginia lose points? Like, what can they do to not have points? Because there's no way our team is going to score points. Uh, that was a cruel o- awakening. Uh, I think that was like the first like bad loss that I consciously had as a fan of like, oh, my team lost a big game. Yeah, uh, it was devastating. Not to bring the damage. O- 03 but, yeah. WVU was devastating. I think I think 02 WVU got us as well. Yeah, um, they did. So yeah. 04 was just double revenge. Yes. And, I, and I was at that game. You know, I've been to all the home games pretty much since birth. So, and I remember that vividly. And it was loud. You, you know, we talk about stadiums being loud. That field goal block where um, oh, they're driving, yes. trying to get back into the game. I think Eric Green got the block. Vincent Fogel is the one who picks it up and returns it like yeah. 70, some odd 80 yards. Man, it, that's got to be a one seed for Okay, me. so we got a bunch of got to be a one seeds. We got UVA 2011, 2007, 2007 BC Championship game, and WV04 to add. Devin, how can you not have the Ohio State game in the in the top? I just okay. All right, let's that game, all right, let's define. I, I, I fully the last accept. Fifteen years. Okay, I fully accept that it's going to let's be a nominate. One seed. Let's to. nominate that for a one seed now. It's a one seed for me. I think that's a lock. Okay, Ohio State. It's the third highest I, I, ranked no win question. in school history. It was on the road I in the shoe. Uh, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll just we'll just. It's a it was a wild upset for one. It was, uh, and uh, like I said, third highest ranked win in school history, and it was a master class. By Michael Brewer. It was the largest crowd in Ohio Stadium history. Yeah. Yep. They had just installed lights. It was the first, first night game, game in Ohio yep. State Stadium history. Well, they they had had you know temporary lights up to this. This is point. true. Yeah. I yeah, think they, they we can make now. the case that that is the number one overall seed. I think that, but we're not going to go there because we don't really need to do that. Uh, right, we'll do that next. Can week. someone nominate what <laughs> something that just has to be a number one seed on this list? What what has to be a number one seed? I would say Miami 2004 was, I think, I mean, being beating Miami at Miami. And then Miami is just like, I mean, 18 months removed from one of, if not the best college football teams of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you look at the players who were on that Miami team and you look at how Tech won that game. It was gritty. It was, oh, I hate that I said that word there, but it was. Like, they made that a slugfest game. And uh, so I think that one was the welcome to big boy football moment for Virginia Tech. I know they had had the national title run, but it was a bit Cinderella-ish coming from the Big East. And now that Tech and Miami are both in big time football, I think that was one of the pendulums of Virginia Tech was going to kind of control up until 2010, 2012 and not Miami, like a lot of people thought. And so Tech had just won the Commonwealth Cup. They'd taken it back from UVA Mm -hmm. that week that week before and it set up the de facto championship game. Miami was six and one. Uh, Florida state was already in the house at six and two and tech was uh, six and one as well. So whoever won that game was going to win. Miami had the tiebreaker over Florida state. So tech had to win the game to have just the better record at seven and one overall. And that game was a slugfest and, Eddie Royal made a big play and Again, caught a touchdown. Eddie Royal making a big play. <laughs> Eddie Royal, man, the, I mean, the Georgia Tech game in 04, but but yeah, Eddie Royal. So, um, had they won that game, Miami would have 
you know, they would have played in major bowl games for, you know, four or five years at that point. Tech kind of took it away from Miami. And when did Miami play in the ACC championship after that point? 2017 was their first ACC, was their yeah. first Coastal Division title in was 2017. And yeah. we talk about, you know, the, the mistakes that the ACC made. That would have solidified their decision to put the ACC championship game in Florida because it would have been Miami versus Florida State Every in year. the ACC championship game in the very first year. Um, or not the very first year, but it would have been Miami one, Florida State two, and then the, you know the next year, Florida Miami beats us in 05, and we could we could have had a repeat of Miami versus, but then Miami versus Florida State, not necessarily a repeat, but Miami versus Florida State in the championship game. So it would have solidified their choice to have it in Tampa, or I think it was in Jacksonville, in 05 yeah. was the yeah, first year, right? Yeah, it was. I was at that game too. This was <laughs> the, this was one of the games that I was yeah. not at. <laughs> That, but, that we did the same thing you did, Pete. We drove down the morning of, watched the game, drove back. Insanity. I will never. Dude, do that, that was the yeah. Jackson. You know, Hill. airplanes exist, yeah. right? Well, we were college kids. We were broke. So <laughs> poor we, man. <laughs> I have an uncle who hates flying, and he demanded to go. And what am I going to do? Leave leave him to drive by himself? We Our like, car. Man. We drove my buddy's car, and I think five of us went in a CRV. It smelled so bad when we got back to Blacksburg. That's what uh, story for a different even, day. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Let me talk about that Nebraska trip I made in a Honda Civic. Oh, but um, the, Miami oh, 04 yeah. was not one of the games that I went to uh, in our list. Um, I remember that Eddie Royal catch. Um, it was a play action pass, and Brian Randall put it on his fingertips, and he he grabbed it on a slant pattern and ran to the corner of the end zone, and just the celebration. Like they knew that this was in reach. One of the this coolest. Was the defense was the defense and was lights out too. The so D line, like we're, the we D good, line dominated the end of that game. Jim Davis, I remember him. They just they batted passes down. Uh, they just owned Brock Berlin in that game at the end, and uh, and they were throwing Brock oranges Berlin around. Was and, on the receiving end of some abuse because <laughs> Miami two thousand for several years. Miami two thousand three. <laughs> If you know, I went to the game, and everyone I know that has that went to that game and has gone to a lot of tech games says that was the best game they've ever been to, best sporting event they've ever been to. Because I think that was the loudest I ever heard it. It was Halloween weekend, and like Sam was saying with regard to some of his games, I was a student at Tech, and it was the coolest, biggest thing that I had ever seen. Was that two, which was two thousand three Miami. So Tech had just lost the I know prior, I know. prior to, to West, West Virginia. Virginia. And and it killed the momentum. I mean, it killed Tech the was momentum, ranked number but three. it didn't kill the atmosphere. No, it did not at all. But Tech was ranked number three in the nation when they lost to West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were licking their wounds, but Miami was ranked number two. So everybody knew this was still the game of the year. And and a one and one loss was not a death sentence for a national championship no. possibility. We not were still all. in the hunt, especially if and we ended up beating a number two ranked Miami. Of course, the, the season fell off. You know, the breaks fell off that year, but that's a time for another story. But yeah, All right, so we need to talk about Miami. Miami had 39 regular season wins in a row at that point. Exactly. Listen to the, some of the players that were on that team. Jarrett Payton, Roscoe Parrish, Kellen Winslow, Sean Taylor, Jonathan Vilma, Entrell Roll, Devin Hester. We know. I mean, it's it's a who's we know who. Roscoe it was, was Miami when it was because the give it to me Roscoe line. Like I had to right. ask Bill yes. Ross, Bill Roth about it because it's one of my favorite lines ever. Give it to no me, question. Roscoe. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. And D'Angelo yep. Hall took it right out of his hands and into the end zone. And, and, 
Like, Why don't more game, players try to do that? <laughs> it's, it's, it was so easy. Well, so so the first to touchdown game, was that game. Was that was play? Hall. Yep. Yep. Adding Give to that, adding to was lore, the first touchdown. Adding to the lore of that game, D Hall was talking so much oh, trash. Both that teams doesn't sound like him. Both teams. <laughs> Kellen Winslow. Yeah, Kellen everyone Winslow was talking. Was but like, what trash is, one of the things that like always stuck with me, and this was early in my formative years when I was just playing foot, just starting to play football, just starting to play basketball, having my own dreams, right? One of the things he said when his chat talk, he's like, and I, you know, I'm sure he didn't make it up. I'm sure it's been said, you know, for decades ahead of time. But you know, big time players make big time plays in big time games. And the first thing he does, the first points that go on the board, is him just stripping Roscoe by himself and taking it to the house. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, D'Angelo Hall for all the good recruits that we had come through, and and, and Vic and Kevin Jones, when D Hall got on campus, like it was a big deal. And, and even though he became a good pro and everyone knows him from that, like it was from day one, like he was playing both sides of the ball. I think he was number, was he number seven for, uh, at the beginning of his career? That was Kevin Jones. No, Kevin Jones. Yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. And then he was, four, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Went to 25. um, but either way he made plays from day one at tech and that one was one of the biggest so i have a special place in my heart for miami 2003 and clark you are absolutely right that loss the week before was so killer and i was i was crushed and then that game like brought it all the way back and that season didn't end well but that game still stands alone in in so many of me and my friends minds is just an incredible game we got three to date it is the highest ranked team that tech has ever beaten. it is number two like tech's never beat number one but number two, Miami, that weekend, it it's still right at the top. I wanna, and they just beat the brains out of them. It was 31 it to nothing in that game. Yeah. Oh, my. It was and great. I re- yeah. There was, I remember there was those shirts like, it sucks to be you after that. because And like with a picture of Brock mm-hmm. Berlin, I think, like on the ground. Or it was some, It was like before gifts were a thing, but like there was a video of it. <laughs> but you're, you're dating yourself. Yeah, Pete. You're aging yourself. Hold on, so, hold on. <laughs> but so, so I will just add this. It's got hints of that Florida State 2018 in it. This is true. Absolutely. In the next, Absolutely. In the next five games, Tech lost four of them. And they beat Temple on the road. By one point in overtime because they missed an extra point and yep. it was not on television. It, it was I, that, was that, a, that season I, just fell apart. I didn't. Yeah, that was the tech last some game bad I teams on the radio. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah, tech tech played some bad teams before that game. I mean, it was JMU before they were what JMU is now. Texas A&M, like we talked about, wasn't very good. UConn, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Central Florida. So it's like. Uh, that might have been just a, a miracle night in Blacksburg. So for anyone who's yelling at it was the podcast, fun, like in their car saying like, you need to mention this game <laughs> about being a one seed. I'm going to get mention a couple more. We're going to talk about the final three there on the list. Miami 2009 is a game that comes up for a lot of tech fans. The top 10 win in a soaking rainstorm. I don't, Pouring rain. I, I, Pouring yeah, rain. I don't think it's a one seed, but it could go very far because there. people absolutely love that game. It was a game where, the defense was being questioned quite a bit before that game. And Bud Foster like taped something to every locker. And then we just came out and destroyed Ja'Cory Harris. So I wanted to mention Miami 2009, just like Clark mentioned 2011 UVA and 2007 UVA. And then um, does UVA 2023 being the most points scored in the rivalry's history and Clark, you talked about you, should we add that to just not that it's not going to be a one, I don't think, but no. it, it, I think it's it's it could be up there just because of what it meant to this season and getting to a bowl and the 
scoring as many points as we did. I think in in the historical con context of the discussion, this was a game that was a culmination of multiple years of struggle, and Tech just took it out on Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed the win for a bowl game. There had not been a game quite like this. The Basial Tootin kickoff return oh for a goodness. touchdown. Oh I mean, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, that, I was, that's, I was, yep, yep. That's just how I felt. The LED, they were playing the LED lights because they just got the oh, field yeah, they goal. Oh, just scored. Oh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was the straight up surrender field goal. You're losing 31 yep. nothing. You're at like a fourth and three from the seven. All the analytics say go for it. And they're like, no, kick a field goal. But it's still so fresh in our minds. Um, I think it deserves to be on this list. No question. It deserves to be in the tournament. Um, this is the most recent big win, but it's still a, it was a big win. It meant a lot to the program. Is it a one seed? No, no it's, it's not. not. No. Okay. No, but it's, it's in the, it's in the list for sure. All right. It has to be. Let's talk about 2009 Nebraska in, in terms oh, of boy. being a one seed because of the way it ended. We all know that that game wasn't good, but the opponent the the amount of fans they brought that was i think at the time the most expensive ticket that i bought for a virginia tech game because they were so hard to get and i was no longer at school uh and then the the two of the most iconic plays in virginia tech school history at the end to win the game against Ndamukong Sue. and that's something that's kind of fun as we go through this we talked about russell wilson chris long being on the 2007 uh uva team and now Ndamukong Sue in this is nebraska game and all those miami players is Nebraska 2009 a number one seed? I say yes. No uh, question. And it's and, on the. I, I would so not be got, mad if it is, but it's on my bubble. Like, but bubble here's of one seed. here's the reason that I say this. Um, Jeff Gluck, he's a writer for the Athletic. He covers NASCAR, and he does a poll every week that says, "Was this a good race poll?" And it is a simple yes or no answer. Yes. This game, for the most part, was just a defensive struggle, similar to the Texas A&M game mm-hmm. in 2002. I mean, and Dominican Sue dominated. The whole defensive line dominated. Tyrod couldn't do anything. But the last two minutes of that game will go down in the lore of Lane Stadium and Virginia Tech history. Yeah, People left. Like, people around us they were leaving the they were leaving yep i remember that i i, I, I stayed people had given up record <laughs> i i will I, I would like yep. to say that i i went back and did a lot of research and i read will stewart's column from tech sideline and will first of all they have all their all their articles uh logged in their system so it was, it was great to go back through but will left like people just they'd given up i mean they'd gone through they'd gone four and out but the coaching staff had saved all three of their timeouts and they called all three of them and forced a, a pooch punt and tech got the ball one last time. And that was all they needed. Yep. And it's funny. And Nebraska game, also had like 40 yards of penalties on one drive that kicked them. They were, they had a first and goal and they ended yeah. up punting. Wow. I that, that would have won. The I game had forgotten for about that one. It's yep, and and also if so going back, I, I was watching highlights of the game afterwards. I also was at that game, and for the record, I did not leave as well. Um, it was a defensive breakdown, is why Danny Cole was that wide open. It yep. wasn't even like a you know, uh, and you know, it it happens often like that when when games come down to the wide like that. But it wasn't like some great play design or 
you know, some out, an athlete out athlete out athleting another athlete. It was it was straight up breakdown, and then Danny Cole racing to the to the end zone, and he gets taken out at like the three or one yard line, and then we have the um, Tyrod yeah. Diddy Mikey to um, Dyrell Roberts. Yeah, any game I that think, has like no. that signature Bill Roth call, man, like well, <laughs> it just gives you chills. Yeah. I think it's it's the two Miami games, Ohio State, and this one, and then I think your top two seed is that FSU twenty ten national title game. The that way the national or the ACC ACC title. Uh, the, the ACC, ACC title. Yeah, yeah. My 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 top four were BC two thousand seven, West Virginia. Well, sorry, West Virginia 04 is one. No, West Virginia 04 is two. BC um two thousand seven was my one. If there is an overall number okay. one. Okay. Miami 03, give it to me, Roscoe, and FSU 2010 ACC title. Okay. Is, is on my top four. Okay. Before we before we uh, just kind of go through that four thing like we did with the bubble, uh, I did want to say we did a memory lane episode last year with Danny Cole about that game. We did a game rewind about the Nebraska game where Danny Cole was on the show, and his analysis of his catch and everything was absolutely incredible. So I would, for our listeners that Over are out the there, shoulder. Go, I mean, go back and listen to that. Man. But not only did we get the legendary Bill Roth call, we got, he's running out of Sean time. McDonough. Yeah, I mean, we got multiple calls from multiple sources from that game. So I, I think Nebraska, for me, has to be in the top four. But we haven't talked in in – any length about FSU 2010 or UNC 2019. I want to talk about UNC 2019. It was a game I couldn't attend. It was a game that I watched in Hawaii on my honeymoon. I did not have a fall wedding. It just so happened that we delayed our wedding into October. And Devin got the pleasure of recapping that game as the co-host on, on too deep. So with my terrible, mic, <laughs> I do remember that. it sounded great. It was fine. And, and you and Robbie did a great job with it, but longest game in ACC history, uh, we had beaten Miami that year to kind of start to turn the season around with Hendon Hooker in 2019, but we had Rhode Island the week before UNC. And so that UNC game in a lot of ways was going to solidify the turnaround. And if we lose it, Fuente immediately turns back to on the hot seat because we had gotten blown out by Duke early in the year, looked terrible against Furman and all the rest of it. And then we also essentially won that game, not only in six overtimes, but with our backup quarterback. Which backup, backup quarterback. Backup, backup exactly. quarterback. He was, yeah, Quincy was third string at the yeah, start of the year. Thank you. And so we're talking about lore. That game has lore in droves. Were, was UNC amazing? No. Were we kind of amazing? No. But from the way that season was playing out and everything that went into it and being six overtimes and all that kind of stuff and just kind of going from – wasn't that like a light to dark game in terms of like the the sun setting? It, it was a th- yeah. it was a three thirty yep. game, and because the game, the game was so long, four, it went until like eight, nine o'clock. <laughs> yes. yeah. And long so th- I, that has to be there has to be a case for it to be a one seed. There has to be a case for it, and that was that's the case. Can someone talk a little bit about the FSU twenty ten game, and then we can kind of close this out, picking our four. I can take it. Um, cause I, so I went to that with, with my dad, um, and Barrick and, you know, the whole crowd, we went down to that game. That was the first ACC championship game in Charlotte. Uh, if I remember right. Um, yeah, yeah you're right. FSU's, it was either their first or second year with Jimbo. Uh, I'm trying to remember cause Bobby was in, Bobby Bowden was still there in 07 and 08. I don't know if he was there in 09 or not. So FSU yeah, has their new coach, right. That Bobby Bowden handpicked. And so they're feeling 
they're riding high, right? They they had a good, they had a decent team that year, not like fantastic, but he, he's young, or not young, but he's a new coach. So they're thinking it's Florida State's time, right? Like they had their down period in the 2000s after dominating the 90s. 2010's a new decade. They're in the ACC championship game and they're going to dominate, right? Virginia Tech comes in having not made the ACC championship game in 09, but having back-to-back before that. We're trying to, so we're trying to re-solidify ourselves as no, we're the class of the ACC. You still got to go through us. And as Pete alluded to in some of the, and Clark alluded to in some of the other 2010 games where we were talking about in the bubble qualifiers, this was our last, we had to win this game to get the undefeated season for um, an ACC team, which had not happened since the expansion and had not happened since Florida State in 2000, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the lead up to it was the, the old guard trying to reclaim its throne and the new guard trying to hold on to it. Um. So then you get to the game, and there was just so, there's so many great plays. There was the Justice Gavea Winslow tipped uh, yep, interception yep. going into the end zone. I believe it was tipped by Bruce Tanger. Yeah, um, who was injured in that game? He was. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I think it was literally the next series. He goes out and doesn't come back in. I, I can't remember. It was but, early. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, we hung out with Tyron Bruce Taylor is, last time uh, we were in Blacksburg together. There, Devin. Now Bruce yep, is yep, never yep. game. Yeah. <laughs> he goes a lot of them. Yep, he's got an RV. If you ever can catch him, it's a, it's a fun road trip. But um, then Tyrod is of course again we're talking about like to me that game is big because it's solidifying a lot of things. It's solidified tech of this decade was ours. We're dominating. Tyrod solidified his ACC Player of the Year candidacy. We got a taste. Like we and we had already gotten taste of it to be fair, but we got a taste of what David Wilson was going to be because that was the last year we had. You know the three Ryan Williams, Darren Evans, and David Wilson. But in that game, I believe David Wilson scored two touchdowns, one rushing, uh, one receiving prior to that game, all of his touchdowns, except for the Marshall game, I think had been those kickoff return touchdowns. So we got a little taste of like what was to come next. Um, there was a lot of insults being thrown Jimbo Fisher's way towards the end of the game. Cause they were down like two scores and he's calling timeouts with a minute left. Like yep, still trying yeah, to win. Was. And we were like, come on, man. Really? Um, and then, of course, being in Charlotte, um, I know a lot of people down there, so we had so much fun before the game, after the game. It was a great weekend. We did not- great weekend. I lived in Charlotte Fantastic. at that time. I was, yeah. I was down I, there for that. I always Blast. forget what that tower is. The tower that they have in the backdrop of the stadium. Bank of America. Up. Bank of America. So yeah. it was lit up with Florida State and Virginia Tech colors in the backdrop of the stadium, right? You know, so it, it it's a one seed for me. Um, just the the lead up to it like i said the old guard and the new guard butting heads who's gonna who's gonna be reign supreme now of course in the at the end of the day it ends up being fsu does get back get their hold back on the acc they win it two years in a row win a national championship in there as well and go to another playoff right after and but so did clemson the, yeah and so did clemson but mm-hmm. at the time the thought was like no virginia tech is is holding on we're not letting go that easily there's a picture on facebook somewhere of me fall having fall down in the bleachers of that 2010 fsu championship game again the shirt that i have on right now champs um if i can that game if i can find that, that picture I'll post it later. <laughs> that game was tyrod's swan song yeah i mean yes they had the stanford orange bowl but man stanford just just owned tech that night but but yeah. that was tyrod's night. it was his legacy I mean, night yeah. he had he had three touchdowns passing and then he had that sweet run where he was rolled to his right he rolled to his right missed a tackle another guy went to make a tackle and he just walked right into the middle of the end zone i mean that was that was tyrod's thank you thank you for everything tyrod 
I mean, that was that was so that was so wonderful just to see Tech get that ACC championship and and beat a Florida State team that seemed to own Tech for a long time, and Tech just destroyed them that night. And with the and, uh, uh, it was all Tyrod with the season the way it started that year. It was oh, a yeah. great. It was a, a minor sub setback for a major comeback, right? Like that. That's, that that yep. was right there. <laughs> exactly. I love uh, those jerseys. I know a lot of people don't, but they're so sick. They're so oh, sick. And the reason the details people, in that jersey are people don't like them is because we lost in them. So I think if we had won in them, even more. I don't like them because can you read five? Because it's, it's, it's hard to read. <laughs> well, it's it was an O in the stands. It was not easy to read having numbers. the circuit board right. within the, <laughs> within the number. We're talking about wins. So let's get back to wins. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> we got to pick these four one seats. We have two, Ohio State and Miami 2004. We have solidified as two of our ones. We need to get two more. And so I think Nebraska is the next one up in terms of do we think does – any, does anyone feel really strongly that Nebraska needs to be a one seed? Yes, I do. I do not. I do. Uh, the game so was can bad, I, can I but ask, the finish, it has it has a name. Can I ask you a question, Clark? I, I would just like to ask, so if you were to compare the 4 West Virginia game and the 9 Nebraska game, right now on your X as a bracket, which one would you vote for? Nebraska. I think I'd vote for Nebraska. Yes. How that is game, the young How is the young guy in this group picking the 4 West Virginia game? That doesn't because, make sense. Well, you're like me. Like, I remember, you know, games in the early 90s. So it's like it's uh, – but I, I'm I would, telling you, old guard, new guard, anybody who was at that game, anybody who was watching thought Tech was dead. Tech had lost the game. They had beat Nebraska the year prior. They were splitting the series. And somehow in the last two minutes, the miracle in Blacksburg. It has a name. It has a call. Like that game. Tyrod did it, Mikey. I, th- I think it, it has to be a one, a Sam. What do you, you were going to say something. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think – that game also set up Tech beating a top 10 Miami team the next week. Yes, that is so, true. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, like, for me, I understand it was a crappy game, but, I mean, it's Virginia Tech football. It's not necessarily the prettiest thing on it's earth. It's not always pretty. Um, <laughs> well, you don't remember any. I, I mean, I don't remember anything but the last two minutes. I mean, yeah, it's been. because but nothing. That's not literally years, nothing. It, just, it doesn't matter um, because, it, yeah, so I think I think this is the four, number four overall seed, and I would put 03 Nebraska as the number. I mean, 03 Miami is the number three. Oh, seed. okay. See, Sam, I love this because you're by far the youngest man on this podcast picking one of the oldest games, and I absolutely love that because I, I think Miami 03 It'd be weird. Like that means we'd have two one seats as a Miami. I don't think that matters. We have to pick what we consider yeah. the best game. It was the context of the yeah. game. It was mm-hmm. winning down at Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tech had not well, had no, a oh, game no. He's talking drive. about 03. We, 04 is in. 04 is a one. Okay. okay right. Okay, you, 04 is. You in. were you were saying that 03 should also be in. I agree. 03, 03 should also be a top. Yeah, I think 03 should be a one. All right. Seat. Sweet. Then that's so we have one spot left, fellas. And that one spot can go to Nebraska. It can go to FSU 2010. Which, which of those two, which one is the is the better, the best win of those two? Nebraska, you, they're in your bracket. Nebraska, FSU 2010. You know my vote. It's Nebraska. People uh, talk about Nebraska. that game still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Nebraska. If you walk up right. to a random Tech fan and say, you remember much about that Florida State game? 
No, I don't remember. I just know that Tyrod played really well and they won the ACC championship. You remember that Nebraska game? I remember that. I remember where I was when I was watching that All game. All right, so UNC 2019 or Nebraska? It's Nebraska. Hands down. Hands down. I still pick, in that, UNC yeah, in was case, quite the roller coaster, but... Sam, it, it, it was it was a gr- that was a great game. I sold the, the UNC 2019 game. I sold uh, my side ticket to me to my class president, which was a both a great decision and a terrible mistake <laughs> because I always saw him so so prim and proper and dressed up and straight back. And <laughs> he came to tailgate with me, and you know the game's going, and he is just he is so far gone. And the game just keeps going and going. There's a blocked field goal. There's a missed field goal. There's an, I think there's another blocked field goal or a blocked PAT at one point. Um, we both teams missed the first P, uh, X, the two point conversion attempts because that was the first year with the new rule, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just trading two point conversions back and forth, back and forth. Um, fourth overtime the, was the fourth started. overtime. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's it's just, but USC is not Nebraska. It's not. And and that Nebraska team won ten games that year. Yeah, they were a good yeah, team. Yeah. They were a good team. Bo Pelini, they, they damn near they beat Texas in the championship game of the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. who went on to play in the national championship. So that game was mm-hmm. he was ragdolling Colt McCoy all over the field that game. But anyway, so Nebraska beats UNC. Nebraska beats FSU, twenty ten. And I, Devin, I do appreciate the the w, WVU two thousand four. And the BC two, it's up there. 2007 championship game, both both are great. But I think if this is the cream of the crop, and I think it's got to be, I think, are we in agreement that Nebraska is the fourth one seed here? I, I say yes. He, I, 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 I think so. I, and I appreciate you conceding because we do I'll have to defend cut this that thing game off. We're, all day. <laughs> we're, we're an hour and 46 in, so we got we got to do yep. this. So we got Ohio State I, I, 2014, right. Miami 2004, Miami 2003, and Nebraska 2009. Those are our four one seeds. So many good games are going to be fighting for twos and threes. And that is what we're going to do in the next show. That is the goal is that we are going to seed the teams. Hopefully it won't be this long, but who knows? Cause it's very fun when you start talking about it's all fun these to talk games. about these games and man. just one more. All I have to say, all I have to say is I hope, I hope Nebraska does not have to go up against 04 West Virginia in the bracket. <laughs> March Madness is all about upset. Maybe we should, maybe we should pair them up. First round? Oh, no. <laughs> no, nah, it would be first round. It, okay, okay, it, okay, a, okay. Maybe we can make them in the same region. How about that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> do some conspiracy backroom deals. So That's for right. the people watching on YouTube, I have the automatic qualifiers up on the screen. We did not remove any of those games. They all stayed automatic. And we added Clemson 2006, UVA 2015, FSU 2018, LSU 2002. And then we chose our one seeds. And they were Ohio State 2014, Nebraska 2009, 04 Miami, 03 Miami. And people are probably going to be a little upset. Whatever. We we did the best we could. We talked about so many games tonight. Thank you guys for being here. Um, and we will be back soon with a part two of this memory lane uh, exercise, which is so, so difficult. But we had it's, we had some really so stuff. you guys brought the heat man you brought the information you did your homework devin clark thank you so much like I, I really appreciate you joining me and sam and and helping us out on this we might have a couple other guys helping us out on the next episode and you won't want to miss that one but i'll see you thank you guys until next time go hokies cheers go hokies 
Go Hokies!